0: welcome to Dramatic Impact. I'm Elaine Elrod. Today we're going to hear from three more actors on the topic Secrets of the Actor. In Episode 7, Secrets of the Actor, Part 1, I introduced the topic and explained a little bit about where the idea came from. For that episode, we heard from actors Michelle Brown, Timothy Anderson, and Corey Christensen. You may want to listen to Part 1 before listening to this one. You can download it or listen on the website at www.actingandtheatre.com. This episode we'll be hearing from Yemi Shunaga, James McDonald, and Larry Benson about the ways in which acting has enriched their lives and given them special insights into life. First, we'll hear from Yemi Shuniga, who has just launched her career in musical theater. When I interviewed her last month, she was appearing as Joni Lish in The Full Monty at Mayfield Dinner Theater in Edmonton. She graduated from the theater arts program at Grant McEwen last April, where she appeared as Mama Noah in Children of Eden, Mrs. Hushabai in Heartbreak House, Katisha in The Hot Mikado, and Marmee in Little Women. I think you'll agree that she's delightful, especially when she's talking about her passion for theater. As I said to her after the interview, her responses were all short and sweet, so I'm going to include the full interview here, and not just the portion pertaining to secrets of the actor. That way you'll get a better sense of who she is as a person and an artist. I hope you enjoy it. So Yemi, would you tell me about your first experiences with acting and
1: singing? My first experience with acting and singing would be my grade 12 musical, The Pajama Game, where I played the nurse, a work woman, and part of the ensemble. And what was that like for you? It was fun. Theatre is a good place to meet a lot of people that you've never met before. I met some really great people, still friends with them today. So it was a very cool experience. It was. It was good to learn how to how to dance, how people saw certain things. It was it was really cool.
0: But I imagine you got some confirmation in that show that that yes. you indeed did have a gift and that you wanted to keep going with it or?
1: The reason I picked it was because I graduated when I was seventeen and I applied for Grat Me Coen because my dad was like, apply for this and I was like, okay. And I applied for U of A, and I said to myself, well, yummy it's only two years. If you don't like it, then you'll only be 19. Most people take a year off anyways, and by the time you're done, you'll have a diploma in musical theater, as in theater arts, not just musical theater. And so that was my decision to take it, just for a new experience.
0: Okay, and did you say your dad wanted you to go to Grant McHugh?
1: Well, no. He thought, like, since I was in a musical and I liked it, that it would be a good idea to apply and audition for it. Oh,
0: okay. That's neat. Yeah, That's neat. Do you think there's something in particular about theater that has drawn you into it and that keeps
1: you devoted to it? Theater makes my heart hurt. (laughs) I don't know how to explain that. My favorite musical is Sunday in the Park with George, and I cannot not sit there and cry or mouth or move or look like a crazy woman on the bus or wherever I'm listening to it. It it just gets my heart going and it makes me kind of crazy, so good and bad, I guess. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, it sounds like it speaks to your passions, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have a lot of experience with musical theater and also have been trained as an actor. What do you think are the differences between acting when you're performing a song
1: and acting in a play without music, just a straight play? There's no difference. Honestly, we are acting the same way. If you're doing a dramatic song, it'd be the same thing as doing a dramatic monologue. It really depends on what the subject is about. Like, your dramatic monologue might be about your husband just dying or about you wanting to kill yourself. So either way, you're going to have to you're going to have to dig into yourself and see where you can pull that from.
0: What kind of career would you most like to have as an actor? And what are your hopes and
1: ambitions? Well, I don't know if you know Otter McDonald, but she is the bee's knees. She is fantabulous. Her career path is pretty great. She does everything. She can do everything. I love to be like her. Yeah.
0: Could you tell us a little, anybody who doesn't know about her a little um, bit more?
1: She's an African-American woman who studied classically at Juilliard. She was currently in the 2007 Tonys as, as Lizzie from 110 in the Shade. She was Sarah in Ragtime. She's one of the Lechuza girls. She's one of the girls who mainly sing for things that he writes. She's great. She's got so much emotion and passion going through her body. She does a lot of concerts for PBS as well. You might have seen that. So she's, she's your role model, She's got a really cool career path. It's almost a little bit like Patti Lepone's. And I guess so, since they're really good friends, like Patti might have influenced her in that way. Patti Lepone is a cabaret artist who does a lot of theater. She's doing Gypsy right now on Broadway, and she's done Vita. She's done quite a few shows. But she does a lot of concert shows. That's where she makes most of her money. That's her basis. She's a cabaret artist who does Broadway. Otter McDonald's kind of like that too.
0: Okay, so that sounds good to you as a way of spending your career.
1: Yeah, but I'd like to flip that and do that the other way around. I just think Otter <laughs> McDonald is fabulous. Yeah. But I'd, yeah. yeah. So when you say the other way around, spend more time- I'm on stage. On stage. Been on stage. Yeah. Been in con- yeah, in then in concert. Yeah, then in concert.
0: What do you think that theater offers an audience that is unique and that they
1: don't experience with other kinds of art? I guess it depends on the kind of art you're talking about. Like, Well, anything like... Visual arts you're going to actually have to see and make up your own mind. An actor is there to help you work through a story, help you make up your mind to the decision. You're supposed to, when you're watching an actor, you're supposed to understand everything that's coming out of their mouth. You're supposed to be taking that journey with that actor. And I guess that would be one of the differences. You're not there with the painter as he paints his painting on a canvas. You're there with an actor as he goes through his emotions and feelings.
0: And how do you think acting has enriched other aspects of your life or given you insights into other aspects of life? Acting, again, makes
1: my heart hurt. <laughs> it fills me with so many different kinds of emotions. It's great. You look at things the way that you would never imagine looking at things. You might experience something that your character or a character in a play that you've played before has experienced. Mm-hmm. so) That could be one of the things that are different.
0: Could you think of a specific time when you related something that you had learned in a play that you were in to something in real life? Or or anything like that when you're talking about it makes your heart Um, hurt?
1: Recently, the last year, I played Marmee in Little Women, and my mom... My mom is a little bit like Marmee, and I didn't realize it until I was talking to my sister about it on the way home. And I was like, how am I supposed to play this 50-year-old woman with four children when her husband's not even around ever? And my dad is around <laughs> quite a bit. He he has a company. He works in Nigeria a lot. So he travels back and forth. And my sister said, dude, what are you talking about? Why don't you just like look at how you see mom and then incorporate how she reacts and she acts in her life and put that into your character and I was hanging out with my friend Adrienne a couple of months after the show and she was like must be really hard for your mom because she's a bit like Marmy, isn't it? It must have been like quite a interesting thing to play because you're playing a character who was just like your mom and when your mom came to see the show she must have been emotional about it and like i never ever thought about it that way so i guess so so that's one of the situations yeah. i was actually put into not a lot of kids see what their mothers go through and it was very eye opening
0: that's really neat. I think it takes most people a lot longer, you know, until they're at least in their 30s mm-hmm. or 40s before they can really see their mother
1: just as a person yes, not as the not as their mother. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> yes. funny. We always have this joke in my family. My sister is, like, beyond ages of wisdom. She's 22, and my dad's like, she's, like, 12, going on, like, 160. She's like the female <laughs> Moses. Um, yeah, so just, like, having my sister talked to me about that was kind of like really eye-opening like you don't realize that it takes somebody to point things out to you Mm. before you you finally realize what you're doing or what you're experiencing and it's really cool having her around she's a really great sister she always puts things into perspective for me. Hmm.
0: So do you want to add anything to that about how theater has influenced your life or
1: given you insights? I'm doing the Full Monty right now at the Mayfield and this is my first professional show and I'm, <laughs> I'm such a newbie. I really don't know anybody. Like, I know the cast, but every time they talk about people I have no clue who they're talking about and their experiences because I don't have that kind of experience. I've only been doing it in school. and
0: They're talking school, about other
1: people in the theater community? Yeah, in mm-hmm. school and real life theater is completely different and it just makes you realize how, how open you have to be towards other people. It doesn't mean you have to betray yourself if you're not a very open person and you don't like conversing with people. But it just you have to notice things. You have to remember things. You have to always be there. And I'm the kind of person who can be sitting in a room with like 10 person and like the microwave could burst and I'd be reading a book and I'd be mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, oh, oh sure. And then I, I read all the time, so I kind of like have that, like, oh, did that just, what? What happened? Really, did that just happen? Yemi, yeah, mean, weren't you in the room? Oh, oh. <laughs> so you really have to pay attention to what's going on around you. That's, that's another way theater influences you. I guess the theater community influences you. You really have to pay attention to detail because.
0: So, do you mean that when you were in school, you didn't have to try as hard because you already knew all those people really yeah, well.
1: Yeah, you, you're you're with your classmates. You're with the people you go to school with from nine to ten every day. You, you've known them for a long time. So if they say something, you, you hear it. You reply and you go back to whatever you're doing. Right. But since you don't know, I well for me, since I don't know like really know the people in my cast. I haven't. I don't go to school with them. I don't have that kind of like relationship that you get while you're in school. It's kinda hard for me to like not be so clueless because you do need to acknowledge what people are saying because somewhere, sometime, it's gonna come up. Okay. yeah and do you think ultimately that's that's a good thing for you or does it tire you out? I think it's a good thing. You could never it can never hurt you to notice details. Never. So it's a good thing. Neat. Well, thank you so
0: much for your time and (laughs) break a lake tonight at the show. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Next, we'll hear from James McDonald, who is the Associate Artistic Director at the Citadel Theatre in Edmonton. James has a BFA in acting from the University of Alberta. His recent directing credits at the Citadel include Shining City, Vimy, Fire, Equus, I Am My Own Wife, and Stones in His Pockets. Elsewhere, his directing credits include Much Ado About Nothing for Cannes Stage in Toronto, The Myth of Summer for Alberta Theatre Projects in Calgary, and The Old Ladies at the Shaw Festival in Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario. James was also a founding member and the former artistic director of the River City Shakespeare Festival in Edmonton and has directed many productions for them. He has won two Sterling Awards in Edmonton for his performances at the Citadel in Einstein's Gift and of Mice and Men. I hope you enjoy the interview. So how do you think acting has enriched other aspects of your life or given you insights into other aspects of life?
2: Well, overall, I mean, I was a very, as I say, I was a very shy person uh, when I was in high school and when I was a kid. Not, Not very shy, but fairly shy. So it opened me up to a series of friendships. I'm relatively outgoing now, I guess, and I'm relatively confident. I have my neuroses and my self-doubt, but I enjoy people. I enjoy Mm -hmm. people a lot. And I didn't know how to relate to people quite as well before I got into the theatre. I love... I'm, I'm very lucky now. I'm very lucky in the career that I've had and that I get to do a lot of interesting projects... I get to work with a lot of great people and I get to do it at a place that I consider to be, if not the top, one of the top theatres in the country. We have a fantastic audience here, the support that we receive from the Edmonton community. And so all those things have, I mean, I guess it sounds kind of trite to say it's enriched my life to feel that I'm part of something that is unique or interesting and new and able to change people's lives a bit. All those things feed you to a certain amount of confidence. If you feel like you're telling people the story of World War 1 soldiers, Canadian soldiers in a dramatic and interesting way and changing their perspective on a modern war or even a historical war, you feel like you made a difference in people's lives and that is what life should be all about. And of course that feeds into my history background, right? As a history student, I was never able to necessarily see how those things related to modern life but in the theater you do a play about history and you can draw those instant parallels you can move people with history and so there's a nice sort of synergy there in the theater and uh and historical plays
0: so i i have two things i want to follow up with well one is that it seems like a actually a profound statement you made because what you're saying is that what it's given you is this is what i hear you saying is that it's kind of given you a place in the community like a An important place in the community, a role to play in a community—does that make sense to you? Uh,
2: I guess that's part of it. I mean, less about—I mean, that's certainly—I appreciate having a place in the community or a role in the community. Personally, it's—it's more a matter of satisfaction, like self-satisfaction. As I say, I'm very self-critical about my work, but I feel like that work is very important. And so, the work of being an actor, the work of being a director is very important because of the power it has to potentially change people's lives. So that position and our ability to do that is a constant source of pride or something that you certainly can constantly strive for. I think everybody, I mean, as I say, my father's a physician who's profoundly impacted the lives of his patients over the years. And still, close to retirement, he still sometimes has, has self-doubts about how much of an impact he's made in whatever way. And this is a man who's won the Order of Canada. You know, this is somebody who's had an incredibly successful career. So I think that probably happens with everybody, but I think it's probably what drives most people, is to say, what difference am I making in in, in other people's lives? Because mm-hmm. ultimately, that'll be our source of satisfaction. And so I, I guess that's... I'm not really answering your question. No,
0: that, that does... But definitely. the
2: answer to it is that the... the My only ability to have any pride in my life or my accomplishments is if I feel like I'm making a difference in other people's lives. And, you know, most of the time that happens when I work in the theater, I feel like that's, that's a satisfaction that I can take from it.
0: So the other thing I wanted to follow up with is, I was wondering, could you give an example or a story or something about what you were saying about presenting a historical play and how that moved people? Maybe an example of something an audience member said to you, or some indication that you got that that was happening.
2: Well, I think Vimy is the best example. I mean, there was you know the the funny thing about working in theater is that you maybe not everybody feels this way, but I because i I see it as a craft and a discipline and all those things, I don't often and i'm I, I'm still emotionally moved by something, but you know you read something, you work on it for a year, you see it in rehearsal. You don't get moved by it in the same way, right? Mm -hmm. So really, by the time you hit opening, you don't know exactly what the impact of that is anymore. You hope, and you think, and you do everything you can, but you forget what it's like to see it for the first time. And there was one of the performances of Vimy, there was a woman and her daughter, an older woman and her daughter and the two of them sat in the theater for a good 15 minutes after the show mm. and they were crying mm. and what they were crying about I don't know it could have been a a family member who'd passed away it could have I mean it could have been maybe she lost her contact lens I don't know <laughs> but the report I got was that they were they were crying very heavily at the end of the show so it had touched them whether the show had touched them whether it had sparked something in their mind that had moved them whether it was an actually actual historical thing, it doesn't really matter. The fact is that we, here we are telling what I think to be an incredibly important story, just to know every Canadian kid should be taught what happened at Vimy Ridge, what happened in the First World War. And so not only are we actually impacting the way people think, but if we can actually move them at the same time, you've got a great parallel of things going on. And there's been a few of them like that. Einstein's gift was like that. Here you are telling a really obscure story about a, a scientist who did all these things 100 years ago and you know what is what relevance does that have and people are fascinated by it I mean it's a f- really fascinating story but they're fascinated by the story and they're moved by the experiences of the actors and they're wrapped when they watch it so you're looking at people I had a lot of direct address to the audience and I'm looking at people I'm looking people right in the eye and they are wrapped mm-hmm. in attention when they watch it I've done a lot of plays where you see people really transformed in some way by the experience, and that's what it's all about. And I, I guess I'd say uh, there's one other thing that I find to be a very moving experience, and uh, something that we did recently here. We did uh, these awards called the Cappies Awards, which are high school award. It's a high school awards program new to Edmonton. It's, we were the only the second one in Canada. And it really reminded me of, of the passion that, you know, one of the things about looking at theatre as a job is that you kind of forget... Sometimes that it started as, I mean, I don't think people go to, people don't go to to study anything without a certain amount of passion. And over the years, they will lose that passion. It becomes something else. It's not, it's no longer a passion in that way. And if you're surrounded by 250 high school students who are only driven by their love of the theater, you're reminded of that passion and where it started from. Mm. And that internal passion is something that you know, we constantly need to be refreshed about. And I love the passion of of high school students. I love working with university students who are passionate about theater. I love the spirit that young actors have or young directors have and their commitment to it. And that's something that I I look for, as I keep getting older, Mm -hmm. that I look forward to mentorship opportunities with younger artists. And in doing that, we'll feed off of their energy and we'll be revitalized through them.
0: Thank you so much for, for coming and talking to me.
2: Thank you, Elaine.
0: Next we're going to hear from Larry Benson. Larry happens to be my singing instructor and is an accomplished opera singer. He studied singing, acting, dance and movement for the stage at the Banff Centre and at Morley College in London. His attention to detail and his strength and talent as an actor are quite apparent when you see him on stage performing in either opera or musical theatre. Over the course of his career, Larry has sung tenor roles for opera and oratorio all across Canada. Recently, Larry was the recipient of the ATCO Gas Award for Outstanding Lifetime Achievement. He has a BA in education from the University of Alberta with a major in music and has also studied classical singing and operatic technique. Larry has appeared extensively with Vancouver Opera, Calgary Opera, Pacific Opera, the Canadian Opera Company in Toronto, the Manitoba Opera Association, and the Edmonton Opera Association. He's currently the leader and a member of a performing quartet called Tenor Power. In addition to his singing career, Larry has been a private singing instructor at the Alberta College Conservatory of Music since 1977 and is a singing instructor in the theater arts program at McEwen College in Edmonton. Larry actively encourages the development of performance skills in his students and many have gone on to professional careers. I hope you enjoy listening to what Larry has to say about the influence of acting in his life. So I wanted to ask you also a question about acting. How do you think acting has enriched other aspects of your life, or given you insights into other aspects of life?
3: Well, I think it calls into play when I want to convince my wife that I have not been drinking. (laughs) (laughs) That's silly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, okay
3: but no I I think that some of those things we would do naturally anyway I think aren't we all actors
0: <laughs> yes yes
3: <laughs> and maybe some people are, are better at certain things than others I, I think that when you asked me that question earlier on and I contemplated it it brought to mind the concept of self image because as we go through our lives we're we're put into so many different situations where we have to play different roles. I remember getting into a discussion years ago with somebody about self-image, and I remember naively saying, well, when I'm off fishing with my buddies, my self-image is considerably different than, say, when I go and have tea with my elderly aunties, and I don't see myself as the same person. Now, somebody said to me, well, then you're not complete. And I said, are you saying that I should always move through my life feeling the very same about myself, my self-image? And so Larry Benson is Larry Benson. It doesn't matter whether I'm a father or a son or somebody's nephew. Or... Like,
0: like you could draw a circle <laughs> around Larry Benson and say, yeah, this, and is, a, this and is, a, is what he is. Nothing would will be... change me. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right.
3: I don't know if that's the same thing as contemplating the different roles we have in life because then that gets into the category of responsibility more than it does self-awareness and self-image.
0: Um, what gets into the category of responsibility?
3: Uh, talking about the roles we play in life. So my role as a, as a voice teacher when I go you know, into, if I, or even in a classroom as a, as a teacher, uh, how do I see myself then? singing uh, as a chorister in my church choir. My self-image changes drastically from situation to situation.
0: And do you think that could be described as a gift that you have because of your awareness from acting that people can transform themselves, that even, even when you're looking at a character, you can't really draw a circle around that character or the character will become boring, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. For example, looking back on a particular role of playing, uh, say, Nanki Poo in a Mikado, I had a, some kind of a self-image of young, uh, naive, oriental young man. <laughs> and uh, when he was in love with Yum Yum, that it was very sort of, childlike and and naive, and so it meant, when we embraced, it was done in a kind of uh, pseudo-Japanese bowing and meeting of the faces and not pelvises. Right. However, switching into the role of Frederick, say, in Pirates of Penzance, he's a swashbuckling pirate, even though he didn't want to be a pirate. You've got that feeling of the core of your being suddenly as, as the character. Yes. In your pelvic area.
0: Okay. As
3: asserting your manhood, both in fighting and combat and also in love. So what am I trying to say
0: It from sounds. It sounds like what you're saying then is that as an actor, you've experienced that shift in self-image, self in quotes, because the self in that case is the character, so that that may make it seem more natural to you as opposed to that person who said that you're not complete if you do switch your self-image depending on the situation. So
3: then again, we could say, well, it would seem like a good attribute to have if you're an actor and you need to relate to different characters. And I imagine a real actor would cringe when you say things like become that character (laughs) or become that person and but i'll say well poo poo when i see a performance that makes me forget i'm seeing a performance i think that person's become that character they are that
0: character no i think for me anyway that's when i'm blown away is when somebody really transforms themselves yeah when they really transform themselves and have that physical presence on stage that just draws you to them to their energy
3: And I know that for myself, when I've had certain moments on stage where I have, and I don't think this is necessarily good stagecraft, but I have had moments on stage where I have totally lost myself in what was going on. And I've seen that happen to other people, too. And sometimes it works in bad ways. If you get somebody that goes out of control on stage, and you can see that happening, and that can be scary. Actors have to have that element of control somewhere in the back of their mind so that they can feel it and look it but in an instant they could just suddenly be out of it too
0: right yeah that makes sense yeah that kind of split awareness
3: and so I've had those moments in in real life too when I've had moments of when I've been really really angry and to the point of where I've seen red and part of me goes out of control I've been able to actually see myself going out of control, like, almost like I, 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 like another part of me, my soul or whatever, steps out and goes, Oh, look at you down there. You're, you're being, you're really out to lunch here. I, I don't know if my acting experiences has, has enabled me to sort of go back and get that kind of happening into control. And perhaps I've helped myself sometimes Uh, Okay, for example, uh, an everyday life experience of reading the uh, scripture in church. So you get to be the reader one Sunday. So you go to the pulpit and and you read. And I remember the first time I did that, I was so nervous that I started to shake all over the place, just out of my element. So uh, I had to do some self-talk and I had to just, okay, just, this is silly tell the story <laughs> tell the story read the text and tell the story forget about you know yourself and so there was a real life moment where i had to actually use my acting experience to get myself into control
0: yeah no that's a really profound answer i think so thank you very much oh okay you're welcome <laughs> That's the end of Secrets of the Actor, Part 2. Look for the next episode mid-August. I plan to present a series called The Rest of the Interviews. As suggested by the title, in these episodes I'll present a lot of fascinating material that I recorded with each actor that didn't pertain to the topic Secrets of the Actor. In these episodes, you'll get to know each actor much better. I'm Elaine Elrod. So long until next time.